Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today Bloom and I are sitting with longtime NC Fit friend Miranda. We are so excited about today's conversation. I coached alongside Miranda, watched her train and compete for NC Fit back in the day. We dive into all of that, reminisce, talk about training, talk about nutrition, and talk about the consistency it has taken over the years for her to maintain her physique through now her third pregnancy, owning a business, being an entrepreneur. There are so many reasons and I guess excuses why she could have let it go by the wayside and didn't. We talk about why it's not just genetics that people look like that what motivation is versus entertainment, and why fitness should be fun. We're so excited for you to listen to today's episode, and if it fires you up as much as it fired us up, download the NC Fit app and get a great workout in this week. You have four different tracks every single day for workouts at home or in the gym with a friend or solo, and we have a really exciting new program coming next month that you do not want to miss. Also, be sure to sign up for the Effort Over Everything email. It comes out weekly. We're doing a hands-on nutrition challenge. We are just firing you up every single Monday delivered right to your inbox so you have no excuses to get motivated and get going every Monday. Until next week, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another Women Make Waves podcast. We are here today with Miranda. Miranda, I'm super excited for you to be here because there, selfishly, I love everything that you are doing and everything that you kind of put out into the world. Um, But also, I'm really excited to have a conversation with somebody who is, who has built and is continuing to build an amazing business making waves in just the fitness industry, but then also to see the example that you set for your family. And so I want to just kick off the episode like we do all and ask you how you are making waves. Yeah, um, that's a really great question. I could go like so many directions, I feel like, with it. Um, But one of the things that we started out uh, in 2021 with over at Street Parking is was our Control Your Fitness Challenge. And the motto was swim against the tide. Um, so I feel like in a lot of things that I do and I put out, I try to remember that and it's not swimming against the tide just to like be different for being different sake. Um, but I think the fitness industry in general and the working mom slash entrepreneur mom, um, message that's out there in a lot of ways is very hardcore. Both of them, like fitness can be very hardcore and you've got to do this and you've got to you know, have all this equipment and buy all these supplements and you've got to be super committed all the time. And like, that's very hardcore. And the, oh, like grind, like, like you have to, a female entrepreneur, a female CEO or boss or any working female has to um, replicate men and how men do things and be hardcore and be like badass and be like, over the top, you know, and, um, both of those things are just, uh, ideas that I think, first of all, aren't true. And I think are damaging to people. Um, both of them are very, uh, those ideas are very exhausting and not 
um, appealing to a lot of people actually. And so we've been trying to show both in street parking and then me and my personal stuff that I put out just that it doesn't have to be that way that you can, um, <laughs> take a much more uh, realistic approach and a more balanced approach to fitness and to working life um, and still be successful in both of the, those areas. I love that. And truthfully, like coming from a cross Games athlete, it's not something you would expect to hear, right? Like what there's balance. It's not like all or nothing all of the time. Where did that shift start to happen for you? Or was that something that you always kind of took into your training and your approach to fitness for yourself? Yeah, I think specifically in fitness, I was um, really lucky to travel as much as I did when I was working for CrossFit um, because that travel schedule was so nuts that even though I was still actively trying to compete, I was able to see that you could do simple workouts. Um, for me, two days a week, I was out at two or three days a week, I was out of town. And you could eat out and you could, you know, um, travel and stuff like that and still maintain a high level of fitness. Um, and so that was, I was really lucky to have that experience because it gave me a belief in that it could be simplified. Of course, when I was home, I was still training a ton and everything like that. And I never would have expected and neither would have Julian, my husband, expected to be able to maintain um, a level of fitness that we have with the amount that we work out now. Um, even that, like we had to learn it through doing it. Like, you know, after a year of home workouts, I was like, wait, I'm still like pretty fit. And then, you know, two years and a baby and you're like, hold on. Like, I'm still just like working out very short time and my home, you know, oftentimes with just a pair of dumbbells and I'm still able to have the level of fitness and the body composition and stuff like that, that I enjoy. And so it took us actually doing it. Um, to believe it. And then I, of course I had several injuries as well. that forced me to slow down both, um, in 2012 and then in 2015 that showed like consistency. If you just keep moving in the ways that you can, like, uh, you know, for a long time when I hurt my neck, I couldn't, uh, use weight very much, but I was like doing like lunges and air squats and going for hikes and stuff like that. And then with my knee, it was all upper body and gymnastics and everything. And just maintaining that those habits, um, it showed me how effective just continuing and, and finding consistency can be. We've talked about that a lot at NC Fit. Like consistency isn't always sexy, but it always works. That, like, oh my gosh, it's almost never sexy. And that's the thing is um, the fitness industry, like, show, like they, they lead you to believe that your workouts should all be exciting. You should look like super sexy when you're doing them. There should always be like, you know, the best music and all this stuff. And it's just not consistency is never going to look like that every day. Like those are photo shoots and like video shoots. It's not how real people look working out. <laughs> totally. What was that shift like for you too? Cause I mean, I think I came into, yeah, I started working at NC fit in 2015. So you guys were like headed to the games doing the whole <laughs> thing. And we were constantly like had our camera guys and our media guys out and tracking what you guys were doing. What was that like to go from being so used to training in that environment to then training at home? I know that there was steps in between that, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
Not many, actually. There wasn't many steps. So, I mean, we still have, a, there's still a lot of cameras around when we're working out <laughs> just because, you know, we, we go live so often and we're taking a lot of photos for like Instagram and our website and stuff. Um, the cool thing that I learned at NC Fit and with Jason and Molly, who works for street parking now and, and Jen and Alex, like the whole crew is um, just that fitness should be fun. And I think what made us so popular and what made us so successful as a team is we had a good time. Um, I've been around other training groups. Uh, my husband, he trained with a really successful group in LA. When I met him, he was training with them and they didn't have fun. They were always like very regimented and very stressed out and had like their programming all planned out. And one of the things that I learned with being with NC um, was how, again, we worked out a lot but we were making stuff up. Like, I mean, Jason was like, let's do this. And was like, okay. And we almost never had a plan, almost never had structure. And we're very successful, I think, because our attitude and we lifted each other up and we had so much fun. Um, luckily, I, most of the time when I'm training at home, I'm not by myself, uh, which a lot of street parking members are. Um, but my husband works out with me and then a lot of our staff, we work out together and I try to recreate that same environment at our home of just like, Hey, this is not that serious. Like no one's trying to win any prizes. No one's like, you know, we're just, this is just, we're trying to get the best workout that we possibly can. And we try to create that within the street parking community too. So that even people who are working out alone, they feel like, Hey, this is just supposed to be fun. Like it's not so serious. Like no one's going to be checking my score no one's going to be no repping me like, you know, um, and so I learned that and I carried it over and, uh, I definitely miss the days of us just wrecking ourselves. Cause it's almost like comical now when I think about some of the stuff that you used to do, but, um, I've been able to take that mentality and, and carry it on to what I do now. The thing that I always think about is, um, how death row now is like a, very big benchmark workout for NC Fit, and we do it all the time. And I remember vividly Jason telling the story of how that just used to be like your warm up for training. <laughs> and I remember doing it for the first time and literally getting like five minutes in and being like, I can't believe this was ever a warm up for someone. Like Jason <laughs> is crazy. And that's like, that's like what I think of. That's the quintessential example that I think of of just like doing things that you, want to do just to like kind of have fun in that training environment. And it's really cool to see that you've kind of, um, taken that aspect, like making it fun and making it enjoyable and bringing that back to fitness. Um, and, uh, maybe leaving some of the craziness behind. I think we've all maybe left that behind now. It's not clearly not meant to be a warm up. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, um, I still encourage street parking members to, kind of wreck themselves not in workouts ever that are like heavy or anything like that but like if it's like burpees and wall balls i encourage them to like go to where you fail a wall ball because there's just something that is that can be learned from that i was telling my husband like uh maybe like a month ago i was i had this memory of we were doing a workout and i don't know i think it was just like a random workout and jason and i were supposed to be doing synchronized toast to bar and I literally came off the bar, I threw up in a garbage can and he was like, what is going on? And then I just came back and started doing toast bar again. And there's something like physically, you don't ever need to do that for general fitness. Like that never needs to happen. But how that impacted me as a human to where it's like, 
when I have a bad, you know, if I get a flat tire or if the airport is more crowded than I want it, like you, if you put yourself in positions where you're that messed up and you just keep moving forward, like it changes you mentally. And so I push our members to do it, not because they need to do it for their fitness, but just to like challenge themselves mentally because so much of what we do in life now is comfortable and very rarely are we, um, are we pushing boundaries like that on purpose and being like, no, this is fine. I can keep moving. So maybe you fail a wall ball and you're messed up and you have to like take three minutes of rest before you come back, but always come back and finish the workout. Um, there's definitely a lot that can be learned <laughs> from that, but I'm just like, what was wrong with us? Like, we were just like, it was nothing. <laughs> it used to crack me up. I think my favorite thing to follow during that time was like the shit talking that was going on yeah. <laughs> between y'all and, uh, was it mayhem? Uh, it was um, made and Invictus. Yes. And that was what was so fun. I, I don't know. Like I've, maybe it's because I have kind of personally stopped being as competitive or competing at all, but it used to be so much more fun to follow yeah. the behind the scenes of what was happening. And I think that's what's so cool with what street parking is doing is you're kind of creating your own behind the scenes, but with your community and harvesting that. Um, how are you guys using social media and your platform and other things to like have people all over the world feel like they're a part of something that's not so spread out? Yeah. So we have a really, one of the things again, and I'm like referencing back when I was at NorCal a lot, cause I know that's a lot of your audience knows that story and, and are tied to you guys now. But one of the things that I think again, made our team so popular is that we were out there a lot and we showed our relationship with each other and we showed our personalities and stuff. And we try to do that with our staff and it's not just the coaches. So we have a team of, I think like seven, six or seven coaches. Um, but we show our whole staff and we highlight our whole staff. We have people with all different body types, all different fitness levels, all different belief systems and backgrounds and everything. Right. And, um, we show them and they work out with us and they're just as, highlighted in the workout as myself or Julian are because like one thing that I learned from Instagram and social media before and versus now is that when, when I was an athlete and I was doing muscle ups and heavy snatches and things like that, um, I was an entertainer, but there are very few people that see me doing that and are like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to go do that right now. Like it's not, it's not motivating. It's motivating in a way like an aspirational, but it's not really like oh my gosh, like this is helpful to me and I could go do that. Where um, seeing me work out when I'm pregnant or postpartum or with my kids running around or seeing our staff who are less fit, um, have, have never been high level athletes, are still trying to lose weight, showing them um, doing the same workout as myself or Julian and showing them how they're uh, customizing it or what weight they're using and that they're struggling and that they're laughing about it and still have a good attitude. Like, people can be like, oh, that, that person is just like me. And look, they're just doing it and they have a good attitude about it and they're doing their best. Like I could do this, like this is, and they latch onto those people. And, and so much of, so many of the members of our staff are hilarious. Um, so we highlight their personalities too, because seeing a real person, not just who they are when they're working out, but like who they are on their day to day, we try to show that a lot. Um, and I think it helps the members a lot because then the members, feel comfortable. We have people on our Facebook group who post like mirror pictures who are like, I would never post this, um, on 
public Facebook or on my own Facebook page or on Instagram, but I feel comfortable sharing it with this group because I'm super proud of like, I could see my bicep today or things like that. And um, they, they feel comfortable in the group because we show so many different um, types of bodies and, and everything. So. Love that so much. I think it's, it's just a testament to, you know, like what building a community can do and what building a community in a way that fosters that, um, like a body acceptance, but in a way, not, not like the toxic body positivity movement of like health at any size. It's more like, I don't even know how I want to say it, but it's, it's just the, the acceptance of like, Hey, I am doing something that's going to make me a stronger, more resilient human, but also a healthier human. And that's really cool to be able to be part of a community that does that. Um, and I kind of want to along those lines, but kind of shift gears a little bit because recently you shared, um, a post about nutrition in your household. And that spoke to me on a million different levels, mainly because, um, I'm a functional nutrition coach. So that to me was, um, it was really exciting to see you share it, but it, I also know how much backlash you may have received <laughs> from the posts that you put out. And so I want to kind of talk through that with you because I think that it, it says a lot to be able to share that the way that you shared it, but then it also says a lot to be able to defend what you, what you said, you know? So can you give us maybe a little bit of background of why you shared that post? Cause I think you know what I'm talking about. And then, um, maybe we can kind of talk through it a little bit because that to me has, it was one of those moments of like, fuck yeah, like that was awesome. Yeah. So it was actually really shocking that that post got as much attention as it did. I was literally nursing my child to sleep and I had taken some pictures of them. Um, or no, it was just a selfie of me and banner. I think that I had, that I posted it with and I was literally like nursing him to sleep and I get, um, questions a lot in my comments or in my DMS or in the street parking community of like, Hey, how do you get your kids to eat the healthy foods that you guys are eating? And so instead of answering every single DM or whatever independently, and, I, and I've answered it before, not in an Instagram post, but on, um, in the DMS or on our Facebook group. And there was never any like <laughs> issues with it at all. And it was, the answer was exactly the same. Um, is that, we, from the, from the moment our babies have been born, we, they've just eaten what we eat. And so that was basically my answer. It's like, and I guess where people got a little, uh, um, they took it personally, which it, it wasn't meant to be at all. I was just giving examples. Like my child's not going to ask for McDonald's if he doesn't know what McDonald's is. I think it was one of the examples because they, I don't eat there. So I don't take them there. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, or I think I said that they've never had like hot dogs or macaroni and cheese. And I was just giving examples of what I assume a lot of kids ask for, um, what I was asking for when I was a little kid, because my parents fed me those things and took me to those places. So I was just giving examples of like, yeah, they don't ask for this, this, and this, because they've never had it. They don't know that it exists. And it was really just meant to be a, here's what I do. Here's how we've done it. Here's some examples of what we feed them, because I wanted to show that it's not like fancy. It's like ground turkey and rice and like mix some avocado in the rice, or it's like, um, some pancakes that Julian makes. We've put the recipe out several times. It's like eggs and, um, bananas and some sweet potatoes or, or oatmeal in the eggs. Like it's nothing fancy, but, um, 
Yeah, I think, you know, what I have learned and I learned very um, quickly with that post is that people already have like a, a lot of emotion around food in general and a lot of guilt around food in general. Parents, if you make it about their kids, it like triples the, the emotion around it. And they just, I know like so many parents are doing the best that they can. Um, and they took it as me trying to say, if you're not doing this, then you're doing a bad job as opposed to me saying, this is what I do. Um, I joked around. I was like, I don't know how this is any different than me saying like, these are my favorite Tula products, like take it or leave it, you know? Um, but yeah, people took it as like, me trying to say that if they weren't doing that instead of just answering the questions that I got. But I will say this, like, um, there are definitely, uh, situations where even access to like fresh fruits and veggies is, uh, it's difficult for people. And I even put in the post, like frozen is also a great option. I tried to, I tried to be thorough with it, but, um, and there are people who their life circumstances, they shouldn't be worried so much about, quality of food yet. Like if they're barely feeding their family, then that's not who the post was for. Um, most people scrolling Instagram are not in that situation. So it was like, Hey, here's how to do it. Here's some alternatives. Here's how simple it is. This is what I do. Um, but I will say that I've never been one to shy away from Hey, if this makes you feel guilty, maybe you should be the person reading it. Like, maybe you do need to hear this message. And like, if I have to like take the hit as the messenger, if it changes five people's minds out of the 20, you know, 200 people that were upset, if five of those people rethink and, and try something new, then, then fine, whatever, like I'll, I'll take the hit for it. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised by how many people were upset by that post, but equally there were a lot of people that were really thankful and shared their stories in the comments as well. Yeah. I think, um, you hit the nail on the head, you know, like I think a lot of times we make it a lot more emotional than it needs to be. And a lot of times we make it more complicated than it needs to be. And I love that you were like, they're literally eating exactly what we eat because that's less complicated. <laughs> like yeah. it just keeps everybody on the same page. And that I think is something that you can take away is that it doesn't need to look a certain way. And we say this all the time in terms of our own nutrition. I talk, talk to my clients about this all the time. Like we get to let go of the expectation around what it should look like. Lindsay talks about like shoulding all over yourself. Like there's no more shoulds. And if it's frozen, like you said, if it's frozen vegetables, frozen meat, whatever it is, like whatever makes it easier to get there, just because it doesn't look like a beautiful, fresh, super cohesive meal, it doesn't mean that it's not nutrient dense and not going to be a little bit healthier for you. And so I wanted to um, acknowledge that because I think that piece of it is what gets a lot of people tripped up and a lot of people feel guilty because they're like, well, of course I'm not going to create a meal for my kids like that because it's too hard when it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah. It's like this all or nothing mentality, right? It's like, well, if I can't do it for every meal all the time and it doesn't look like the Instagram posts and not even my Instagram, cause I've been showing since then, I've been showing a lot more of what our kids eat just in my stories and they're not beautifully prepared or anything like that. And they could definitely still eat more veggies, but it's like, make, make one better choice when you have the opportunity to do it. It's not, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think one of the things that came up a lot and I actually got pretty, um, 
I don't know if angry is the word, but I got pretty defensive about it and upset is that people in the comments were saying eating healthy is too expensive. Eating this way is too expensive. And the reason that I have a lot of emotion around that is because that belief system is holding a lot of people back, whether it's feeding their kids or, or for them as an individual, this belief of, I can't even try to do that because it's too expensive is just not accurate. Um, and stops people from even trying before they've even like tested the waters. And so, you know, the, the, these like low income families or people with um, not as much money, they're like, Oh, eating healthy is expensive. They don't even look into it. Um, or try it or go buy some freaking apples and bananas and some, you know, eggs, like some of the stuff that's, or frozen stuff that's not expensive. And if they actually switched and weren't eating out as much and weren't buying these like prepackaged foods, they would actually save a lot of money and be healthier. Um, I got pretty upset with that one because I don't like that belief system continuing to be pushed on people. um, Because I think it's really hurting people who need to see that it doesn't have to be expensive. I got harped on hard for that same thing. I put a post up that was basically like, you know, all these different ways that we can be quote unquote healthy, right? Like get outside, get some sunlight, connect with people that fill you up, have good conversation, put your phone away. And I put one thing that was like, shop the perimeter of your store, right? Like eat whole foods. And it was a bullet point of my entire post. And people were like, you're so privileged to even be able to eat that way and all of these different things. And I was like, Hey, like I, first and foremost, I used to eat like a trash can. That was why I found (laughs) CrossFit. I was like, I want to do CrossFit so that I can still eat pizza and donuts and all of these things. And then I did my first like nutrition challenge, like most of us do in a CrossFit gym at one point or another. And I was in college. I was like, listen, you guys, if I can do whole 30 on a college budget, like y'all can too. If I can do it in like the dining hall of a college where they're like trying right. to pack you full of sugar and everything else, you can too. Um, and I started kind of thinking of tips and tricks and different things to help people. And I know you've talked about frozen. Um, are there any things just if listeners are getting a little bit triggered by this or they are, you know, starting to feel those flighty feelings inside by this conversation, are there tips that you could give them to start just taking the right step towards a more nutritious decision? Yeah. You know, one of the first places that we go, um, with our members, because we have, we have members that come into street parking and they still eat like a trash can, you know, and, and it would be a disservice for them to, for us to be like, here's like the street parking templates where like, this is a food list you're going to choose from. And these are your exact portion sizes and stuff. So one of the things that, um, the kind of baby steps that we usually give them is a balanced plate. Most women don't get enough protein and they're not eating protein at, um, maybe dinner they get it, but the rest of their meals, they're just not getting it and giving them a bunch of different, it could be deli meat. It could be eggs. It could be, you know, stuff that's less expensive. Um, it could be protein powder at first if it needs to be, but let's like try to balance our meals. And then, um, we baby step them with like one serving of fruit per day if they're not getting any fruits and veggies or one serving of veggies per day and and maintain that for a while and choose the fr- the problem is and you guys probably find this too people think of veggies and they immediately go spinach broccoli cauliflower like those are the only options and we're like no 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 go grab some peppers like go grab some cucumber like try different things and find something that you actually enjoy like i'm i 
am not a fan of broccoli. I'll eat it if it's like really finely chopped and like cooked really well. But like, I'm not just like over here gnawing on raw broccoli. There are so many more variety of, of fruits and veggies out there. And it's like, find the ones that you enjoy. Um, grab some grapes. Like it doesn't have to be berries and like all these like fancy fruits and things like grab some grapes, grab some apples, grab some bananas, like just start getting some more fresh food into your meals and balance out with getting some protein. And then another thing that we encourage a lot is just making sure that people drink enough water. One of the biggest shocks that I've had in the street parking challenges that we do is, um, the, just way that some people can't, like they say, I can't drink water. I'll throw up. Like I can't, like the taste of water makes me nauseous. And I'm just like, how are you alive? (laughs) And we've had that not just once, but like multiple times people who have just like this, like really bad aversion to plain water. And you know, if that's the case, if that's you and you have a hard time with it, throw some lemon in there, throw some, even if you have to put some little, you know, sugar-free powders in there at first, like let's get away from always having everything that we drink be carbonated and caffeinated and everything like that. Um, uh, One of the big models that we use in street parking is more than nothing. So like if it's like 9 PM and you're like, yep, I ate cereal or I didn't eat breakfast at all. I ate, you know, Panda Express for lunch and I had pizza for dinner. The day is not lost. Like still grab an apple and eat it before you go to sleep or something like that. You know, like try to start building those habits in um, and, and, attempt to make just one better choice a day. And every day that you're at least thinking about it is a, is a win. And over time, those, those things will start to stick. I love that. I always say something is better than perfect. Like if you could just get something in, it's better than being perfect. And it's also better than nothing. Right. Um, that like concept of the small, and we keep bringing it back to consistency. Like we talked about it earlier too, but it's such a powerful piece of any health transformation is just being able to be consistent. And that I think is something that is so incredibly cool that you have been able to build within your community is just like, Hey, let's forget about the complicated stuff. Like, can we just do this really simple, like stupid, simple thing? to implement. And then as you start to implement that, you can start to get um, more complicated if you feel like it's working for you. For you specifically, where did that, um, where did that like emphasis or yeah, like that emphasis on consistency or that emphasis on pulling it back and making it a little bit smaller in your own life, where did that start to make the biggest change for you? Yeah, I think, um, two places. One was through my injuries where I just continued to, to move. Um, and I never was like, Oh, well I can't do X, Y, and Z. So I'm just not going to do anything. Um, so the injuries, uh, and understanding how the body works and understanding that it's one whole system. And, you know, people will always be like, well, if I have an injured shoulder, I shouldn't do anything with the other side. Cause then I'm going to have like one huge Hulk arm and one that's like, and that's just not how the system <laughs> works. Like, yeah, you will have some atrophy in the side that you're not using, but continuing to strength train the rest of your body will help you actually maintain muscle in the limb that's not working. And I knew that. And I, you know, I have that education to understand how the body works. 
um, and understand that maintaining fitness is easier than gaining it in the first place. So just continuing to move. Um, and I think, you know, what we see a lot of times in fitness is um, everybody thinks of fitness as 12 week intervals, like that I'm going to do this program, or I'm going to do this like 30 day thing, or I'm going to do this. And it's never like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And that's where people um, struggle to ever reach where they're trying to go. Or if they do reach it, they, they're unable to maintain it. It's because they've never thought about what am I going to do forever? And consistency, the idea behind it is um, forever. And I guess a frustration that has led me to like hardcore hammer consistency is um, when I was competing, even till now, people like to um, write off my personal success in fitness or my aesthetic or whatever as genetics. And that really, um, it frustrates me for like taking away hard work from me personally, but also it frustrates me because again, I think it's a very damaging message to people who could, um, be more successful if they didn't believe that everybody that has a healthy body or the body that looks the way they want it to look is just because of their genetics. Like I started working out regularly when I was 17 and through travel, through injury, through now my third pregnancy, I have never taken a, a more than like a week or so and not moved my body. I've never gone completely off the rails for months at a time with my nutrition. And, you know, Julian will say that the same thing. Like he, he got asked on a live recently, like, how long did it take to like have look like you or have your fitness? He's like, well, I started wrestling when I was nine years old. You know what I mean? And um, that's the message that people need to hear. And, and maybe that sounds like more, even more frustrating because it's like, well, I'm already like 35 years old or whatever. Like, but the lesson is, is like, well, you're 35. If you live till you're 80, that's still a 45 years of life that you have to work with, you know? So it's going to, it's going to happen whether you're active and healthy or not, like just get moving, just get started and, and plan to do it forever. But so, yeah, I think, um, consistency has been important and, and learning how to be consistent through so many different challenges that I've had in my own life. Um, and that it, my fitness, it, that doesn't mean that it's always looked the same. Like you guys know, like we were training for hours a day and then it was like, you know, when I'm pregnant, it looked very different than that, but it's still, it's still moving, moving forward. It's still continuing to show up. Um, and people should expect for it to look different in different life stages. I'm actually the hotel that I'm staying at now. There's an Ironman here tomorrow and these people are nuts. I'm just like, I would drown. But, um, you know, a lot of them are older and it's really cool to see, like they're getting ready. They're like getting their gear and their bikes ready and everything. And, um, for them, they're in a stage of life where they're taking this thing very seriously, but who knows, like 15 years ago when they had young kids and things like that, like, I'm sure it looked very different for them. And so not to expect to always maintain the same level, but just continuing moving. And it's a lifestyle and it's a mindset more than anything. How do you remind yourself of that? Like, are there daily reminders? Is it just something that has become such a habit now that you can do it? Because I know, I mean, you throw out the example of, you know, through injuries, I was still doing air squats and lunges and I was still doing these things. And so many of us get stuck in the narrative of, if I can't do it at all, I'm not going to do it. Or, right. well, I already, you know, we talked about it earlier with nutrition. Like I'm already off the rails with my nutrition today. So I might as well eat cake and like, just let it, the day go to hell. What are 
the reminders that you have for yourself or the practices that you have for yourself to remind you of that, even when it's tempting to let things kind of go. Cause I think that that's another yeah. mindset that people think that, you know, highly successful people just wake up and like never have those barriers, but we all do. Yeah. I think the hardest transition in all of it was going from competing to not competing. Um, and I was injured for that transition. So it was kind of like, I, I was slowed down from the injury, but I saw it with my husband and I saw, so I'll use his example when he just, cause he just chose, I'm not going to compete anymore. And that transition was uh, difficult for him because there was still this, like, it has to be this, like, I'm going to wreck myself. It has to be heavy. I have to be using the weights that I would have been using before. And he still really cared about his scores and his times and everything. And it was almost like if he couldn't um, get to a gym or if he couldn't do the workout the way it was written, it would like stress him out a little bit. And I had some of that, but I basically went from being injured to being pregnant. So there was like a really long period of time that forced me out of that yeah, mindset. Life is like, you are slowing down. <laughs> yeah, you're done. You're just, you know. <laughs> but down. I saw for him, you know, it took him a little while. And I think what most people, whether it's for nutrition or for fitness or for, for, I mean, really anything is just not expecting it to look a certain way, feel a certain way that not expecting to be excited about it. And just, um, I use the example of brushing your teeth all the time. Like who's motivated to brush their teeth? We brush our teeth because yeah, my mouth feels cleaner. I never enjoy the act of brushing my teeth. 90% of the time I would rather not do it at all or wash my face and things like that. I would rather just collapse into bed. Um, but we do it because we know the benefits there and because we feel better afterwards. Um, but rarely when we're doing that, are we like stoked about it? So if we could just make fitness and make our nutrition choices as like automatic and um, I guess as mundane and not expect it to be anything other than that as brushing our teeth and it's just basic self-care like then you just are you're not doing you there's not an expectation when you go to do it like I worked out in our ho the hotel gym here yesterday and I just like I wasn't super stoked about it I was by myself it was like a crappy place, you know, I would have rather slept in or gone like, but it was like, a, it's like 15 minutes and then I'm, I feel better for the rest of the day. And I think once somebody can get over the hurdle of expectation and once you've gotten over the hurdle of, um, it being new and you do realize that I do feel better afterwards and I know I will, um, I think it can become easier. That is such a powerful shift in what you in the way that you view it because I think that's something that we all get tripped up in the same way we get tripped up with nutrition of it having to look that certain way if we can take the expectation out of it and make it into something that you know is so much more accessible as like you can almost expect for it not to be fun like what if we just expect <laughs> it not to be yeah. Like what if we just expect it to just be part of our routine? And I love the example of brushing your teeth because I use that example all the time of like, how can you make it something that you no longer think about? Like it's just part of your routine the same way. Um, I like to think about like meditation and mindset practices. Like, can we just make it part of the routine so that your mental health is also covered? Because that's a really big piece of the puzzle. And I know Lindsay is like behind me on that one, but 
I'm curious for you, like, do you have any of those mindset practices? Maybe it's meditation, maybe it's journaling, maybe it's even just like dedicated quiet time, um, anything like that to help keep you sane. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that our family does, so, uh, family time is really big for myself and, and my husband. Um, and we are not with our boys throughout the day there, uh, with his, his mom, my mother-in-law. Um, but when we're with our family, we're like with our family. And so one of the things that we do that's super peaceful and starts our day out really nice every day is we go for a family walk. It's like a lot of days there's like an 800 meter loop, like around like the block at our house is exactly hundred meters. So a lot of times we'll do that. Sometimes we'll go on one that's a little bit longer if we have time, but we're like, not taking our phones and it's like in the morning and whether it's raining or whatever, we go out and we enjoy whatever nature is doing. Um, so that's like one of the things. And then at, at night I, uh, I was given a gift by one of our staff members. Um, I think two years ago on my birthday and it's like this little box and inside of it are these little note cards. And she's like, just every day, write down your favorite memories or like personal victories or anything. And it's, you couldn't write more than like a sentence on it. They're pretty small. Um, and so I'll just for like, write like one little like gratitude thing before I go to bed. Um, I've tried to do more like journaling and stuff like that. And I'm sure if I did a better job of making it a priority, I could spend more time. But right now, like that's super manageable for me to write down one thing. And now I have two years worth of these little memories and sometimes I'll just grab one of the old, you know, bags of them and pull one out. And um, they're little things that you wouldn't remember because they're never big moments. Um, but when you pull out the card, you do, do remember it. So that's been pretty cool. Those are two things that I'm pretty consistent with um, right now. I love that. That's a really great practice too, though, just to have something small like that, that you know you can always do. Um, and to do it for two years like that is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. This has been an amazing conversation around consistency and all of these really great tips. If people want to keep up with you, keep up with um, street parking and find out more, where can they find you? Yeah, so my um, personal Instagram is at Fearless Miranda and uh, the street parking Instagram is just at street parking or you can go to streetparking.com. Amazing. And that'll be in the show notes too. So everybody can go find it. Miranda, thank you so much again for being here. And um, until next time, we'll right. catch you guys later. Thanks, Miranda. Thanks, Miranda.